You're listening to the Brooks Snow Podcast, conversations to help you look forward with faith, faith in yourself, faith in God, and faith in your own mission and purpose. I'm your host, Brooke Snow. You have season two, episode 52, The True Nature of God. Welcome to season two of the Brooks Snow Podcast. This season is breaking from tradition in an exciting way. After some lovely negotiation, I received permission from my publisher to publish the audio of my book, Living in Your True Identity, Discover, Embrace, and Develop Your Own Divine Nature as podcast episodes. Now, right now, this is a tentative experiment, and these episodes may not always be here, so I encourage you to listen while you can. My book is some of my best work, and while I do love my regular podcasts, they really are a random selection of topics. The book, however, moves progressively, continually building upon a theme and leading you through a process. Each week, I'll release the next chapter. If you like what you hear, please consider purchasing the book for yourself or someone you know who would really benefit from this message. You can pick up a hard copy or a Kindle version on Amazon, and I'll provide the link for you to do that in the show notes of this episode. Today, you have chapter 12, The True Nature of God. Chapter 12, The True Nature of God. Do you know why God is so fast to forgive you? He's fast because he knows who you really are. He intimately knows your true identity. He sees right through the facade of the false identity, disregarding all your mistakes and weaknesses. None of this is the real you. He only sees the truth. Likewise, the reason that we don't always quickly connect to God is that we create a false image of him. We've spent the majority of this book learning the difference between what is true and what is false within ourselves. If being one with God is the highest level of identity, it is important that we know the truth of who God really is. The false image of God. Just as Satan entices you to create a false identity, he works tirelessly to create a false image of God. What does this look like? The false image of God includes a characterization of a being who expects flawless perfection, who's disappointed in your weaknesses, disapproves of you, teaches through pain, suffering, and punishment, is far away, is critical, is always finding fault, condemns, believes you are never good enough for him, and withholds forgiveness and love until you comply perfectly with his expectations. All of these beliefs are closed and create separation between you and God. They are counter to his true nature. Have you ever felt the false image of God? Have you ever believed that he was far away, angry, critical of you, condemning you, punishing you, or frustrated at your lack of perfection? This is a false image of who God really is. When you're in your false identity, it's much easier to believe that God must be this way. Just as your true identity is a place of love, joy, peace, and openness, the true character of God embodies these attributes in a fully developed form. God is the father of your spirit. He created your true identity in his true image. In the biblical account of the creation, he says, let us make man and woman in our image. Genesis 1, 26. This is true on every level, 
We look like our heavenly parents physically, and our spirits and intellects are encoded with the same power for good. The purpose of our life on earth is to develop our souls to become like our heavenly parents. Life is a classroom, not a test. One of the great struggles of religious thought is the belief that mortal life is a pass-fail test that determines whether we are good enough to go to heaven. Our modern-day understanding of the word test conjures memories of how we have personally experienced being good enough or not good enough. If you have ever auditioned, interviewed, applied for a position, or simply taken a test in school that determines your advancement, you know the feeling. You're either good enough to move forward or you're not. To have the belief that the purpose of life is this same kind of test is a misunderstanding created by the false identity. It creates immense anxiety, fear, and lack in your own life. This life is a test, but not the kind you are familiar with. If so, every one of us has already failed. We all make mistakes. We all have weakness. And none of us has the ability to perfect ourselves by our efforts alone. God already anticipated this from the beginning and provided a solution. A Savior, Jesus Christ, turned the purpose of life from a test into a classroom. To be specific, there is no scripture that uses the word test. We add it into our commentary and modern translations of the Bible, but the original manuscripts do not use this word. Instead, we find the word prove. When speaking to Abraham regarding all the spirits in heaven, whom he will send to earth, God says, we will prove them herewith to see if they will do all things whatsoever the Lord their God shall command them. Abraham 3.25 Today, we use the word prove similarly to the way we use the word test. Yet this word anciently meant something very different. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary provides an archaic definition, which gives greater understanding. You ready for this? The archaic definition of the word prove means to learn by experience. Let's read that scripture again with the intended definition. We will prove them herewith. In other words, we will let them learn by experience to see if they will do all things whatsoever the Lord their God shall command them. In essence, we are here on earth to learn by experience how to listen to God and choose good over evil. Learning by experience gives lots of room for mistakes and weakness. If life were just a test, we would be doomed from the start. Life is a classroom, not a test. The Lord is not wearing a white lab coat, observing your every action behind a glass window to see if your performance is good enough for him. More accurately, he is the teacher in a very hands-on classroom where the students are all having unique experiences to learn how to be like him and to believe him. You can approach him at any time to receive his help, guidance, support, and encouragement. He's on your team. If you've been worried about whether you'll make it or whether you're good enough, relax. Let go of the limiting belief that your worth is yet to be determined. Jesus Christ already established your worth when he died for you. You don't have to worry whether you'll make it. 
You don't have to worry whether you're good enough. You are. Your true identity is the seed of everything God wants you to be. He planted you here to gain the experience you need to grow. This anxiety and worry comes from a distant relationship with God. The closer you draw to him, the more you are tutored in your mistakes, not condemned and left anxiously fretting on your eternal future. Instead of creating anxiety over whether the seed of who you are is good enough to pass the test, plant the seed, put yourself in the ground, be willing to make mistakes and learn from them. Counsel with your teacher as you gain mastery through trial and error. As I sit with my son each afternoon for a piano lesson, it would be foolish of me to expect him to show up and play everything perfectly each day. It would be poor teaching for me to condemn him every time he made a mistake and shout at him for not knowing how to play a piece he had not yet learned or practiced long enough. This would break his spirit and discourage him from even wanting to try. It would distance our relationship and he would never progress. I expect him to make several mistakes. I expect him to start at level one and gradually through practice progress to the next level. I expect him to ask questions, to come to me when he can't figure out how to play a passage. I expect to repeat phrases together over and over again until we master it together. I expect that it will take many years to reach a high level of proficiency. I expect that there will be days he will feel discouraged and want to give up. The only thing I ask is that he show up and be willing to try every day. We will do this together. I desire for him to gain experience and learn how to become an instrument himself. Likewise, God is the master teacher. He does not teach through punishment and condemnation. He teaches through love and clear instruction. He forgives at the speed of light and only asks that you show up. Come unto him and be willing to gain experience and to be guided. As soon as we stop worrying about the false identity and whether we appear good enough to others or to God, we can actually start making some progress. When you live in your true identity and see God in his true image, growth happens. Life becomes easy. You begin to grow rapidly. Why? Because you removed the resistance. The false identity coupled with the false image of God are in opposition to truth. As such, this is the home of struggle and suffering. Remove it and you are free. The true nature of God. The Bible dictionary states, the Lord has revealed himself and his perfect character, possessing in their fullness all the attributes of love, knowledge, justice, mercy, unchangeableness, power, and every other needful thing so as to enable the mind of man to place confidence in him without reservation. Can you imagine placing confidence in God without reservation? This is only possible when you know his true character, when you understand God's attributes. He becomes approachable and you can trust him and have faith in him. Because the adversary continually entices us to create a false image of God, the Lord reminds us repeatedly through scripture who he really is. Let's review some of the foundational attributes of his character. God is the creator, 
God is merciful. God is unchanging. God is truth. God is no respecter of persons. God is love. Now let's break these down. God is the creator. God is the creator of the universe and he is the creator of you. Because he is the greatest of all, you can put your trust in him and have faith in his power over all things. See Genesis 1, Psalm 92. God is merciful. You may be painfully aware of your own weaknesses and mistakes. When you understand that God is merciful, you know you can come to him in your underdeveloped state and be accepted, forgiven, and nurtured. See Psalms 103.17, Psalm 103.6-8, Exodus 34.6. God is unchanging. God's unchangeable nature allows you to have faith in him because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Can you imagine the confusion and the uncertainty of a God who did change? You would never know when his love would turn to hatred or when his commandments might change to something new. This unchangeable nature of God provides a steadiness and reliability that can always be trusted. See Malachi 3, 6, James 1, 17, Hebrews 1, 10 through 12. God is truth. Knowing God is truth and that he cannot lie allows you to have faith and trust in his word and in his promises. See Numbers 23, 19. God is no respecter of persons. What does that even mean? <laughs> it means that God doesn't play favorites. He loves all his children equally, regardless of behavior, race, gender, color, or any other discrimination. If God did play favorites, you would never know what your own privileges were. You would never know how far his blessings would extend to you. You would never know which commandments applied to you and which ones didn't. Because he extends his blessings and promises to all his children, you can trust that you belong and have the potential he promises you. See Acts 10, 34, 2 Peter 3, 9, 1 Timothy 2, 4. God is love. Because he loves you, he is for you. He's on your team and ready to help you in all things. This attribute of love influences all his other attributes and is his reigning motivation. God told Moses, my work and my glory is to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. Moses 1, 39. God loves this classroom and the opportunity you have to learn through experience how to become like him. It is his work and his glory. Can you see how the true nature of God makes him the absolute greatest teacher? We have nothing to fear. He loves helping us and teaching us. He created this earthly experience not as a test of our worth, but rather as an amazing opportunity to become who he created you to become. See 1 John 4, 8. God's true character is a far cry from the false image Satan can create in our minds. Elder Dieter F. Uchtdorf illustrated the contrast of the false and true nature of God in these words. 
part of our challenge is, I think, that we imagine that God has all of his blessings locked in a huge cloud up in heaven, refusing to give them to us unless we comply with some strict paternalistic requirements he has set up. But the commandments aren't like that at all. In reality, Heavenly Father is constantly raining blessings upon us. It is our fear, doubt, and sin that, like an umbrella, block these blessings from reaching us. Close quote. Have you ever felt this way? Certain that your lack of a particular blessing came from God refusing to shine upon you? This does not align with his true character. God is no respecter of persons. Elder Uchtdorf reveals what is truly in the way, saying, It is our fear, doubt, and sin that block us. Fear, doubt, and sin. I cannot think of a more apt description of the false identity. If fear, doubt, and sin block you, then the opposite will open you to receive. What is the opposite of fear? Faith. What is the opposite of doubt? Hope. What is the opposite of sin? Righteousness. Faith, hope, righteousness. Cannot think of a more apt description of your true identity. God is constantly raining blessings upon you. Just as the sun shines upon us all, regardless of belief or behavior, his blessings are the same. He is no respecter of persons. All blessings are raining down upon you and me. Do you receive them? Or are you using an umbrella? The purpose of this book is to help you take down the umbrella, to provide the tools to clear the fears and doubts that you have about yourself so your actions and results will lead you in a life of joy and peace, receiving all the blessings God is raining upon you. Put down the umbrella and receive. Journal questions. Number one, what has been your image of God? Number two, in what ways has your image of God been false? Which true attributes correct that false image? Number three, what influences in your life create a false image of his character? Number four, what influences in your life create a true image of his character? Number five, How can you increase those influences to maintain a pure image of who he is? Number six, how does knowing the true character and attributes of God influence how you see yourself? I hope you enjoyed chapter 12, The True Nature of God. In my book, Living in Your True Identity, Discover, Embrace, and Develop Your Own Divine Nature. Do you listen to this book and you love what you hear and you wonder where to start? Do you wonder how to actively practice these ideas in your own life? I invite you to take my Christian Meditation 40-Day Challenge course. Meditation is my most important practice of the day. It's my number one way to help me live in my true self. This one habit has changed my life. It's small and simple, but it reaps incredible rewards. But the key is consistency. 
That's why I love that this is a 40 day challenge. The challenge is to do it for 40 consecutive days. But starting a new habit and even more so being consistent with it can be tricky. This is why I offer every student a free buddy pass, allowing you to handpick your own friend or family member to take the course with you. You get your own accountability partner and you both do the challenge together. Two people start an empowering practice instead of just one. If this is calling out to you, I invite you to register at the link in the show notes or find it on my website at brooksnow.com. You can do this. You are worthy. You are whole. I'm cheering you on.